Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mone, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lots to talk about, good and bad, but let's get the ball rolling. Arsenal, Real Madrid, a uh, real game that I thought that Arsenal, you know, would it showed up quite badly. It started off initially, one minute, 30, one minute in, Benzema forced Martinez into an early save, but I think Arsenal then, so, you know, found defeat in the game. I mean... The game also took off at a frenetic pace because I, I believe also quite early in the game, uh, Nacho Fernandez uh, got the yellow card when he uh, hacked down. Colasinac was doing an overlap around, I think, something like a third minute. Um, then, you know, uh, about ninth minute, Lacazette rounds uh, Navas in the Real Madrid goal. And as it's about to shoot, like his goalbound effort gets parried away by Nacho Fernandez, who then promptly gets. His second booking after thirty, uh, after sorry, after the ninth minute, and gives his uh, rightful marshal, marching orders. I mean, a lot of people were complaining, of course, about you know being a friendly and and having a red card that that early, which kind of you know, like, you know spoiled the game because I mean it would have been a a real exhibition game, you know. But then you had a moment like that where I recall the ref even saying when when um, Real Madrid players were Nasrani, he was saying like you know how can you send him off. And he said, "Look, I had no other choice. I mean, he, the, the first he could have even been sent off for the for the first yellow, because eh? Kolasinac was running through it on goal. There was no last man uh, for Madrid, and he just hacked the guy now. So you were just lucky there already to get the yellow. And look, you have to also keep it in the spirit of the game as well. That's another thing. So he got sent off. Uh, Lacazette stepped up, took the penalty. You know, a really squeaky bum moment because the inside of the post and then bounced across the goal or went across the goal line." Back the other post and then went in. Uh, just before the goal, like you know, I just want to bring like which led up to the goal that Uzel actually closed down somebody, which kind of you know led eventually to Arsenal turning over possession and then Shaka with a nice ball to Lacazette. But I don't know if maybe Emre had a chat with Uzel, Uzel, you know, maybe had a change of heart or he can smell competition coming in. But I think he's yeah. working on that side of his game a bit. I think you know what we've been always. Yearning for, and I mean, look, we're going to get to it as the, the podcast also progresses now tonight. Is that you know, with a, with a threat for positions? Because I'm, I'm going to also mention something about Maitland Niles later on, which is which is I think also key to you know, with this competition on, and scrapping for places. Um, back to the match again, uh, Arsenal now you know took advantage of the the uh, Real being a man down, started knocking the ball around, making Real Madrid run, you know, extra hard to, to close down and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, that's now the path to go. And then, I mean, we then go each further, Edwin, uh, Lacazette played a fantastic through ball for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who then ran through, ran wide of the keeper and then slotted the ball into a, just about empty net. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, what's it, guy? The centre-back of Madrid? Ramos, yeah, managed to still try to stop the ball on the goal line, but I mean, the power was already there by Lacazette, so we went 2-0 up. Uh, then, of course, Arsenal went into that lull, and that was, you know, something that I was kind of fearing that was going to happen. You know, when, when games are like this, you know, 10 against 11, the team with the man extra actually starts getting more, you know, lackadaisical about stuff, and Arsenal were starting to get caught on the ball. You know, Xhaka would do his type of Christ turns into people, the closing down of Madrid. I mean, spot, give props to Madrid and the way Zidane has drilled him already as a team. But I mean, they were, you know, working for each other, like 
they knew already their man down, that, that you know, chips against them. And look, they take even a friendly like this, you know, very serious. And by the time we were now, you know, trying to get all cocky and arrogant, we were being caught over and over, you know, in position. And, you know, you knew something was going to happen come the second half. Because like, we were at, I think, the last, say, three minutes of, the, of that first half, we were literally just on the ropes, just waiting for the, you know, playing to the whistle to get to halftime. But it came on like same old, same old. Hey, last season, you know that last ten minutes in the in the first half was Arsenal's Achilles heel. Um, came in and came out, and we saw once again that Reddit's ugly head when Arsenal the took one person to lose the head, and suddenly Emre's game plan goes down the train, and he looks like a coach that you know doesn't know what he's doing. And I mean, like, when we got into the, like, you know, when, when the guys came out for the second half, Madrid, I mean, sorry, I actually forgot that, I just went so quickly through the half. Uh, Socrates, he managed to also somehow get himself again booked with a rugby-style tackle for the first yellow, I think, halfway in the in the first half. So I think about 30, 35th minutes, something like that. 37, yeah. Yeah. And then within, what was it, three minutes, he managed yeah. to... Bundle over a little Modric, and I mean, you know, Modric, and, you know, a chunk of muscle, and he just got ran over by Socrates. And I mean, he rightfully got his second yellow. And they have that, you know, that was almost like the opportunity that the ref was kind of waiting for. That was the sort of decision Madrid were pushing for, you know, to, to even the game out. And then, of course, you saw the old swing, you know, in the game. And I mean, why is it that this is happening all the time with, with Arsenal? I mean, you know, we've we've we had the game in the bag. I'm not saying that the game's done. We still have to play the game, but why do we have to lose your head like that? You know, just see the game out, get to halftime, listen to the team talk of Emre, and we get going again. But it's like the players are just—I don't know if they have their own egos or whatever—but it just gets the better of them. We see it with Jaka as well at times, and then they throw everything down the drain. All the hard work. And I mean, look, Socrates is also up there with one of my favorite defenders at the moment. And I mean, it's somebody that I always say, I feel, you know, comfortable when he's playing. But, you know, when he has these blackout moments where he just randomly takes people out without the ball or... And I think, so, you know, that you need to really iron out of your game because, you know, that... Wasn't it Was it against Wolves away last season when he did something like that also? It was Rens. It was Rens in the Europa League when he we were leading 1-0 and then he did two silly challenges and got himself sent off. So, I mean, the, the things like this cost us and I mean, it makes it even tougher, especially now when you see we still like feeling our way into a sort of plan B and the minute he got sent off, it's like we did not know what to do because second half, I was quite shocked to see our way of playing like we would normally just try to hack the ball forward. And I was thinking, you know, where's the, you know, position game? You know, that's, it's like either way, it's still an even game then, like 10 v 10, it's still going to be even game. But it's like we were then suddenly look like we had nine infield players the way we were playing. I mean, not nine, sorry, even eight. Sorry. So it's like we were really showing or oh, being shown up by Madrid then. Because then, I mean, you could see Madrid shifting to the gears then. And they didn't need a second invitation to come at Arsenal, almost like, you know, shark smelling blood in the water. And then I mean, through again a cluster of errors by the defense, Gareth Bale then bags a goal on 57 minutes. You know, total chaos again at the back. Which I mean, you know, again your cooler head was probably needed in central defense or in defense in general. And then you know, conceding again two minutes later, why when Asensio backed another goal to tie the game up. And I thought to myself, you know, there this game just gets you know, tossed away like that. But I mean, 
as the game also wore on, I think when when the subs came in, the youngsters, the, the uh, clutch of youngsters that came in, yes. it actually looked again, you know, it could sway our way. Yeah, like in a kitty, I had a chance, you know, to actually make it 3 2. But um, like you mentioned, these youngsters seem like they want to, they want it. You know, there's not like before where maybe Emre told them, you know, if they show that they they have it and they want it, they can get the slot in the Arsenal squad. But it's not like before, you know, where you just see the youngster in preseason and he disappears, you know, out, you don't see him ever again in an Arsenal shirt almost. But these youngsters look like they can break it, break into the first team. That sucker for me is also. One guy that I want to, you know, follow and see what happens to him because in all the preseason game, his interplay has been good. His his, his decision making has been excellent. So you know, I'm looking forward to see him get the go in the first team. And I mean, you could see that, like the look. He was playing either flanks at times, you know, to torment either fullbacks of Madrid. And you could see the minute he got, you know, he was on the ball, he was starting to torment either, and they didn't know whether to, you know, go in for the for the tackle or to hang, you know, to jockey the play because. The minute they were trying to press, you know, make a high press on him, he was just shifting the ball pass and running into that open pocket of space. I think this is what we actually need, you know, this current crop of youngsters. I'm not saying they're going to play first team week in, week out, but what, what they bring to the team is competition. And if they can show the likes of Uzel or, you know, Mkhitaryan or whoever, or Iwobi even, that your place in the first team is not guaranteed. Because, I mean, they will step up and show that they can do the business. Yeah, so I mean the game then uh, eventually. I mean there were a few chances at the death for either uh, either side, but then eventually the game did then have to be decided by penalties, which Real Madrid won three two. Arsenal missing three penalties. Uh, Montreal in the post, Shaka hitting the ball straight down the middle into the keeper, and then uh, Burton blazing over the bar. So you know, you know that's it. It was a shootout. Was exhibition. Was a kind of warm up game for us. But I mean, you like there's certain things you also took out of the game, you know, as a whole. So for me, youngsters came through quite strong. Seniors kind of disappointed me to a degree, you know, like with regard to say Socrates. And then you have had someone like say Jaco who's at, at the skipping the side at the moment. But I mean, he was another one guilty of being caught in position and, and stuff like it. We, you know, sometimes you we normally make say Urzel the scapegoat or this one or that one a scapegoat, but He's doing it over and over, and, and I just thought to myself, this is now also pushing on to somebody like say Mustafi. I mean, he didn't play in the Madrid game, but my point that I just want to make is, you would have thought, you know, say after that disappointment of that sort of league running, the sort of disappointment he had in the, the cup final, the Europa League final, I thought to myself, you know, they're going to have a break. They're going to come back, you know, mentally, you know, totally up to, to scratch. And then, you know, they take it from there, building onto the, the Premier League. But, I mean, you're still having Mustafi making silly defensive errors. And then you have Xhaka always thinking he's got like five or ten seconds, you know, longer on the ball. And he always gets caught out. The problem is we're making the same mistakes, you know, and hoping for different results. So, I uh, just hope some players click or we're going to need to, um, you know, restructure the defence and another maybe defensive midfielder to help out with Torreira. I also want to give Joe Willock also a, a big up. You know, Zidane was quite even impressed with him. So, nice to see one of our own as well. It came through the ranks, you know, stepping up. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, the way he was grafting in a midfield, I mean, at times it was, you know, a central midfield that they had Isco in the day, but, you know, because look, they were chopping and changing, you know, with with first and second off teams. But 
I mean, he was holding his own against, you know, these Galacticos in, in the middle of the park. Maybe the influence of Freddie Lundberg, you know, some sort of an invincible influence is rubbing off on the youngsters, and hopefully this can start filtering through into our first team. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that was now the end of the US tour. Uh, they then jetted back, and, you know, preparations were also now made, you know, with, with regards to the upcoming games uh, in Europe as well as in the new additions coming in last Tuesday, which was uh, St. Etienne Central Defender, uh, William Saliba. You know, that was now, I think, a £27 million deal with a player. Then every, like After the medical was done already in London, he had to you know, jet back to France because he will be seeing out that uh, season out on loan there by then. Quite unfortunate, eh? When he actually needed a centre-back. Because, I mean, then I think I, I would have, like, in my, of, of course, my opinion now, I would rather take the heat where I let somebody like, say, Mustafi go or, uh, you know, some of the central defenders, we, you just don't know if they're going to, you know, really make the grade at the club at the moment, like of the youngsters even. You know, the, problem, over. the problem comes down to is Socrates gets a red card now, eh? For example, in a Premier League game, maybe misses two to three games. Who, who is your first choice in the back then? Who, who do you pair with, with Mustafi? I mean, it's a disaster then. Because, I mean, I think all... all channels of communication that have been broken already with Kossiel because I honestly I I mean unless some serious talks are gonna go on now with between now and, and, and our first game of the of the league season. But look even if he, he does now get some welcome back by some weird way, I look the guy is not even trained with the first team because at the moment I heard even when, when the when when um Arsenal in the States his punishment was to turn in with the under 23s. Now that the, the team has returned to Arsenal, he's still training with the under 23s. So, how do you not just you know draft him back into the squad? So, I, I don't know because I think you know I think Arsenal will rather than you know take the loss and then you know just sell him for because I heard Bordeaux and I think Lille or Lyon have put in like something like 10 million pound bids for him. I saw Renzo. Renzo actually the favourite, you know, yeah. maybe we can sweeten a deal there with, with one of their players that was it, was it Saha and Niang that played for them, maybe. But Saha, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know, like with, with regards to that, I mean, I would have actually kept Saliba because, I mean, for me, he would have, you know, dealt in well with this crop of, you know, the young defenders who also have going through the team because by the looks of it, he's also going to be probably the future of, of Arsenal and you know, the, the central defence is going to be built upon for the next season. And we then also brought in uh, Danny Ceballos from Real Madrid. I mean, at first, I did think that he was going to fall through because of the Asensio injury when he ruptured his knee ligaments versus us. But I think that is why they also, uh, Real Madrid also canned that idea of Gareth Bale in leaving to China because that thing also fell through because they want to now keep him, even though Zidane is also quite upset. But, you know, that's another story. But, now Bale will stay and, and Ceballos is then allowed to go. Because from you know different sources I've heard and articles I've read, there's also not a good understanding between Ceballos and Zidane. So, I mean, yes, he does want to prove himself for Real Madrid itself, but I, I, I just wonder if there is a way, if, if it does click with us and Ceballos. Because, I mean, look, he is a, a, a you know, very creative player. And if I can describe him both to some listeners, if like you know, when you watch bits and, you know, bobs of him, he is somebody almost like Cesc Fabregas, and he's got almost like the, the baller footwork of Santa Cazola. And he's got this whole thing rolled into one. Because, look, he's a quite a tough player. Look, he skipped also the under-23s to the 
the championship that took place now, I don't know if it was the under 21 World Cup, I think, or something like that. Yeah, the under 21, I think, yes. Because you are know, allowed in, you know, take the extra like, 22, 23 old players with you. So, you know, he was skipper of that squad. And I mean, he's somebody that's not going to be, he's a, he's a creative player, but he's also not going to be pushed off the ball and stuff like that. And I think this is where Ozil, it comes down to roost for Ozil as well now, because now he's going to also have, have to up his game. Because there's now a guy that wants, I think part of his contract is also, of the loan deal, is that he plays a minimum of 40 games. So he wants to prove it, you know, himself as a first teamer for, you know, that can eventually go on to Madrid and then play. But I mean, I just hope, you know, it clicks with him and we can maybe, you know, say halfway in, if it does go well or go smoothly, you know, we said, look, why don't you then stay on? Like, give us this deal, like option with a loan, you know, loan with option to buy. He made his debut yesterday. Um, I never really got to catch the Leon game. I know you said you... So it, um, you know, can you give me how his debut was and maybe the like bits and bobs of how the game went? Well, I mean, the Emirates Cup, I was now, you know, um, to be honest, I was really upbeat about it, thinking, you know, if you just think of that US tour, I thought that was the sort of Arsenal I was going to see, you know, playing now throughout here. But, you know, as positive as the start it was for Arsenal, because I mean, like, we really started at a frenetic pace. But, you know, like, when we, we were always knocking on the door by by um, Lyon, and I think Lyon was also trying to find their feet because they were always like basically all they played just through Memphis the pie, and I think we, at at one point we were keeping you know that that sort of thing under wraps because Chambers was always snuffing out everything. But the, the the lineup on the of the day was uh, Leno in goal, Maitland Niles right back, Chambers Socrates in of the of defense, Montreal left back in the middle of the park, Jaka. Quindosi and Wallock, and then up front, Abumayang, Lacazette, and Mkhitaryan. Um, you know, uh, we started, you know, you could actually see also the tide changing in, in a way, our direction. In the 35th minute, when Mkhitaryan smashed the ball across the six-yard box, and uh, Abumayang, I don't think he even had to do much. He just, you know, angled his body, and the ball just fired off his chest into the net. And, I mean, we took the lead 1-0. And I thought to myself, going into halftime, you know, now we've got an advantage, now press on. But, you know, that being said, the players did seem like, you know, coming coming uh, out the second half. I think by the 55th minute or so, you could almost like see in certain players that jet lag coming out from the, you know, the US trip. Because the longer the second half also wore on, you know, the more, the, you, you saw those lazy, not, I'm not talking about, say, just Xhaka or whatever. You start seeing a lot of players that you would be quite sure upon, and that they were starting to give you know lazy balls out and even and, and Leon intercepted ball after ball, and you could you know you could see the tide turning, and then the equalizer came on 66 minutes when Memphis Depay turned Maitland Niles inside out before you know picking out Musa Dembele, the one that used to play for Celtic and now plays for Leon, uh, and he just glanced a you know easy header, he passed Leno, and I mean. The goal, uh, another one that should also get the blame for that, besides Waitland Niles for, you know, being, you know, outwitted again by a winger, uh, was Ch um, Callum Chambers. Because one minute he's watching the ball, the next minute, instead of, you know, watching the guy that he's supposed to be marking also, he's watching the ball. And all uh, the barely does is, you know, pull off the marker. And then he glances in the home, just about a free head, 1-1. 
Same old, same old, eh? It seems like, you know, just by listening to it, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, Arsenal of last season, that not much has changed. Yeah. And then, I mean, we, we didn't did try to force the win. And I mean, I one thought, you know, that was achieved when um, substitute Martinelli poked home a loose ball in the box. And I mean, I was just about to go, like, you know, crazy, even if it's just a friendly. But I mean, it was a judge. They've been offside. And this is how quick things can change. The minute they took that free kick and Arsenal was still, you know, you know, feeling sorry for themselves. That ball got played from the Leo off through the midfield. Not a rude one. It was being played right through the Arsenal team and the midfield. And I mean, end up getting um, Leo that catch Arsenal cold with when Dembele gets a ball played through. Which I must add, I just want to state this also. That was an offside pass for that, that goal because at that linesman was totally you know behind the play. Was not in line with the last man of Arsenal. Thank goodness for VAR then this season. And I mean, you know, of course, he took skin Mustafi. There was no chance. I mean, I know a lot of people were slagging off Mustafi. And I mean, look, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, I must say, a lot of people, so either they don't understand the game or something, but I mean, they would say, yeah, that's his fault. And but I mean, he he did try to play the offside trap, and I think he did play it right. But it's just that guy got he, he ran already way before that pass was going through already. And it's just that official was way too slow. And I mean, by the time that guy was past Mustafi, there was like, you know, you know, let's be honest, there was no chance he was going to catch him. Because, I mean, the very then showed some jet heels, you know, sprinted through the, the Arsenal defence. And then by the time he, he saw he just set uh, Leno down to the ground and then he just placed the ball to the, other, the opposite side of where Leno was going. 2-1 Leo, which was eventually the final score as well. Um, I just want to bring back to a point, you know, you mentioned about competition and you spoke about right-backs and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Um, do you still want to hop back on that point? Yeah, that I want to bring up on. Um, my problem is at the moment, that is actually showing... Look, you remember we spoke about this last season in our podcast already about where he gets sometimes found out that we, you know, we would sometimes burst forward and then there's no communication between him and playing ahead of him. And you see that the whole, that ball gets played route one in the box and we get caught out. Then the other problem I also found with him is when he gets a, a tricky winger, like say a Sterling or somebody like that, running onto him. I'm not talking of, of, of trying to shift the ball past him. I'm talking of, you know, close ball control and running, you know, ball, uh, uh, you know, face to face with the defender. He does not know what to do. And I, I don't know if there's not really been, you know, this sort of problem has been really tackled by the coaches. But I just see that as... Uh, if it's for me, if it's not so that or we get a, a genuine right back in there or Bellerin comes in soon enough, I think we're going to have a lot of tough periods. Because, I mean, if you think if he must come up, say, against, you know, say, as I said, a Sterling or you have somebody like Mo Salah or somebody running at him or, yeah, or any of that quantity of Liverpool or, yeah, or Spurs players even, of wingers, he's going to have big problems because... I don't know if he does not get his, his feet adjusted, right? You know, when, when he has to do this jockeying back. Because look at, at what Kingsley Coleman did to him that other day where I told you where he had him on his backside, I think, two or three times in the game from that way. Uh, uh, Maitland Niles just could not find his feet right to, to track him right. But I hope it's a, it is an issue, um, an issue that's going to be addressed. But another issue that, you know, could possibly be addressed is the Nicholas Pepe coming to Arsenal. I know. Wilfred Zaha was going to be like the the signing, you know, of the to get the morale going. I don't know 
if that's going to fall through and Arsenal are going to go for maybe the cheaper option. I just want to bring up some stats between the two of last season. Um, Nicolas Pepe bagged in 22 goals compared to Wilfred Zaha's 10. But of that 10, um, of that 22, nine were penalties. And also a lot of people are saying, uh, oh no, but um, Pepe played for a team that ended second in league earn. And Zaha played for, uh, you know, a struggling side. So it's kind of an achievement for him to get that amount of goals. And as well, Pepe as well doubled the assists compared to Zaha. Pepe got 11 compared to Zaha's five. Um, the only thing that you would say is uh, is actually, you know, beating him on is, you know, tracking back. And, you know, Emre likes the defensive guys. It's, I mean, they, they're attacking to work hard as well. But my opinion, I don't know what you think about that, about this, but I think Nicolas Pepe, you know, could be the guy to help us attacking-wise because he does seem to be the guy that gets chalk on his boobs, boots and he's only second to Mbappe, I think, last season in, in Ligue 1. Yeah. And I mean, I, what I like, I mean, I've been now watching the last few days now, you know, little clips of him and that. And of course, sometimes they say, yeah, you can't judge somebody by just watching a YouTube clip or that. But I mean, when you do watch him, when you see his sort of things that he scored against, it's not like, you know, he's like a flat track bully. You'll score against, you know, the best of them out there. And I mean, he, he scored, like, what I like about him is like almost a tormentor, like on, the, on either flank he can play. Because, and he's finishing, it reminds me of, you know, Henri, that we, you know, he put so much, you know, that deft finish that I always used to like about him. We, he put so much spin on the ball, so he's, he can bend it around you in almost like in his stride, and it will just gently find itself nestling itself in the net. And there's also other parts of his game that I, I, I really love. It's like, you know, when he's back to goal, he can spin off you. And I mean, by the time, and he's got electric pace. So, um, I mean, I'm really excited because. But I think that the medical could be done within the next 24, 48 hours. Oh, yeah, it'll be a good signing. And I mean, with regards to our other signing, uh, that loan signing of Sebayos, with him playing in the Emirates Cup, um, his touches, I liked. What I also really enjoyed about his game was he always wanted the ball. Same with, I mean, this goes for Willock as well, in a way, if I must put it like it. But for me, Sebas, I think, because for me, that's also like a yardstick with, you know, when I judge as a player in it. Because if you show you're willing to make yourself available to help the team scores, that I like. Because sometimes you'll see, you know, Ozil, when you don't feel like it, you'll see him like, you know, drift back or you'll drift in a position where, you know, nobody's really going to give him the ball. So it's like, you know, you're going to have to fend for it with a man kind of short in, in, in the squad. Whereas this guy, he shows like because there were times also on the on the one flank, I, I forgot it was in Kete and I think another youngster, oh John Jewel, they were out there, and you could see they were struggling in a way because Leo and Aksandu, you know, closed them, closed down, and that, and he went in there to go help them, and he didn't show them like you know, give me, I'm your outlet to get out here, and they did, and I mean he managed to switch the play because I mean that's how his head works the whole time, he's trying to find space and that, and I mean. There was numerous times he got fouled also in the game because he's at times he is a bit too quick for some of these players that of Lyon even. Well, let's hope that we can you know marry these new signings with the youngsters and maybe a two defensive signings with the current squad and you know we could be good to go for top four and maybe a Europa League run again. Yeah. So I mean, with with just 
to the final, my final point on, on with regards to the Emirates Cup also now. You know, it was just a fitting, but for me, it, I don't know, it somewhat felt, you know, the way the game petered out, it felt somewhat underwhelming, you know, when you think the way we performed, because, I mean, you just wanted that, you know, that USA type of performances that we had. But, I mean, then, you know, also, you have to also agree that, you know, fatigue could have been also the problem now, yeah? Because, look, some of them are, because, look, even someone like Gwendouzi had to only, could only play one off because he missed the whole tour because of his exploits at the under 21 world cup and he's just coming now into you know match training and off these short you know it was also a short vacation that he had and then back into first team business so you know that i think a person must take all that into consideration also with us even if it's like this defeat you know i i think it is looking bright i think there's lots to look forward to this season and if everybody can pull their weight and i think there's lots for us gunners to be positive about so, I mean, next up on Wednesday night, you know, for all the Gunners listening, uh, we play, I think it's an away game, I believe, uh, against Angers in France on the 31st of the 7th, yeah. And then we play Barcelona next Sunday in the Juan Camper Trophy. So, you know, I think, <laughs> I think I don't want to scare, don't, you know, stamp my word on this now, but I think... Messina could still be missing in Suarez and them. So, you know, we, we could maybe still have a, a pop at Barcelona in the new camp. Then a, a draw against Real Madrid and a win against Barcelona before the season starts. Not a bad way to start the season. Yeah, because I mean, I, I just don't know how much. Like, even if we get now Pepe over the line, like in the next coming, uh, the coming days, look, he just got back from his holiday after the African Nations Cup exploits. So, I, you know, I also don't know how long it's going to take for him to get into. You know, to switch into Arsenal mode again if he now does join. Because Sebayos had the tournament, a short holiday, a medical thing that, that when they do the annual medicals at Madrid before season start. And he immediately came to us and had that medical deal. So, and look, he was deemed fit to play in the Emirates Cup, even, even if it was just that, like a, what's it, 15, 20 minutes. So, fingers crossed for these two up and coming games. Hopefully, you know, we see more positives from it, and yeah, hopefully the next time we do a podcast, Pepe will be an Arsenal player. And I think we do need a bit of, you know, a positivity going into the next few games. Even even if we can nick a draw in the new camp, I think we just need, you know, say a win on, on, on Wednesday night and, and something positive against Barcelona. I think that would put us in a good mindset leading up to the Newcastle game away in two weeks' time. Definitely, we need to start with a strong, get the three points at St. James and take it from there. Yeah. Okay, guys, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. <laughs>